0: The following podcast has been paid for by the Drew World Order. Yo, hey, you're listening to the Drew World Order of Wrestling Podcasts. And this show, we have a good one for you. We talk about some important news of the week in wrestling, Uh, mostly positive, but uh, there is some negative, of course, that we talk about um, throughout the show uh, with the week in wrestling. Um, We discuss Raw and SmackDown, we uh, go over the uh, Wednesday Night War. Um, The battle between AEW Dynamite and uh, uh, NXT and uh, Fighter Fest versus Great American Bash. You'll hear my opinions on that and uh, who I think won that battle. And uh, I also preview Extreme Rules. So uh, stay tuned for all of that. Let's get moving on to the Drusen Notes section. I'm afraid I've got some bad news! We have a few Drusen Notes to discuss, which is interesting information from the week. The very first thing I want to talk about is WWE Buying Evolve now this relationship had been going on for quite some time evolve actually had a network special on the WWE network i think it was the 10th anniversary of evolve is what it was um so uh with evolve apparently having some financial issues this makes total sense that WWE buys out evolve um probably gets the rights to the tape library, which is pretty valuable um, because uh, a a fair amount of WWE superstars um, who are currently on the roster uh, went through Evolve. People like Drew McIntyre, Keith Lee, uh, Matt Riddle. So there's a bunch of people who worked at Evolve and now uh, WWE can put those matches on the network, or use them to uh, put them on YouTube, so I think this is a a good buy for WWE. Kind of lousy for Evolve. I don't know the full details. Hopefully Evolve itself will be able to continue to run, and so this will be used as a feeder system to WWE, Um, which is kind of what it seemed like it already was, uh, especially with, like, Superstars like um, Austin Theory, he was on that Evolve 10th anniversary show, and then uh, as the Evolve champion, and then he got signed by NXT, and then you know now he's on Raw. Um, so this is a pretty uh, pretty cool news. Some more uh, pretty cool news is uh, Angelo Dawkins became uh, a father this week. So congratulations to him. Congratulations also to Eric of the Viking Raiders and Sarah Logan. They are pregnant. Um, So that's a lot of good news. Uh, Hopefully everything goes well for both Dawkins, uh, Logan, and Eric. And uh, their uh, journey into parenthood is a uh, fun one. Um, Some not so great news. Uh, Miro, who is formerly known as Rusev, announced that he got COVID. That's kind of a bummer, Um, and uh, I think more and more people um, will find out, have COVID or tested positive. Uh, Like, for example, in the sports world, Russell Westbrook just came out and said that he has COVID. Um, So it's becoming less and less surprising when people make these announcements, Um, but it's still lousy. You hope... um, For their safety and their health that uh, everything goes well and they can uh, get over COVID and recover uh, very quickly. I believe uh, Miro and uh, Lana both live down in the south in Nashville and so um, there's a lot of spikes with coronavirus in the south because of uh, the states opening up down there um, in the southeast of the United States. Um, so it's not overly surprising because the numbers are on the rise in that region of the country. It's just still a bummer. So, uh, just got to continue to wear your mask, social distance, wash your hands. Uh, I'm a type of person who's more of a homebody. So I'll add to, you know, don't go out unless it's completely necessary. Um, But I know that's not for everybody, so just try to take care of yourself. And uh, if you take care of yourself, wear your mask, hopefully you can uh, prevent something and take care of others as well. But uh, with that being said, we'll move on to uh, the positive moments in this week in wrestling. This what drew money segment is, uh, my favorite moments in this week in wrestling. Um, usually we start with raw. How about we start with, uh, AEW? Let's go with, uh, fighter fest first, uh, night two fighter fest. Um, it was, uh, nice to hear Nyla Rose on the mic. She didn't have any slip-offs, uh, and she had, a. Interesting uh, cliffhanger with announcing that she's getting a manager, and I really, really like this uh, to have a mouthpiece for her to work with. She's already this, um, you know, uh, this this beast, a uh, little you know, the native beast. She's this beast of a wrestler. She's highly intimidating, and uh, even though she sounded good in this promo, she has a mouthpiece much like Brian Cage has Taz uh, to. Um, guide her and uh, get her some um, reactions uh, verbally without being in the ring and that I am all for that Um, and it could help her build even more momentum than uh, she already has at this point Um, I really like Nyla Rose Um, she's really grown on me the past couple months when she won the title I wasn't all that excited um, but now she's she's been a lot better for me um, I, I like her being on the mic and using this cliffhanger um, it makes her more interesting um, and uh, really the only other thing that I really really liked from AEW Dynamite's Fighter Fest Night 2 was the Jericho versus Orange Cassidy match um, this match actually told a story Um, whereas I felt like the rest of the matches on the show didn't really tell much of a story. It was a lot of just moves and high spots, and, um, I'm more of a story person, um, and it really made Orange Cassidy look great. Um, I'm sure they both worked together to, um, figure out a match that, uh, made orange look like an even bigger star because he's definitely on the rise and his character is great that like lazy fair doesn't care about anything uh walks around with his hands in his pocket um and jericho being the foil to that getting annoyed by it was perfect did a great job jericho won rightfully so but uh it made orange Cassidy an even bigger star and that's uh that's what you uh Ask for that's what you hope for and uh, that wrestling companies uh, should be trying to do um, So I really really enjoyed that from fighter Pass, fighter fest um, an AEW dynamite and next week, I'm looking forward to Fight for the fallen with uh, John Moxley versus Brian cage for the AEW championship So that'll be uh, that'll definitely be interesting to see Oops, sorry, I don't know if my mic cut out there. Something, I was checking the levels, and it, uh, something happened there, but, um, anyway, with Fight for the Fallen coming up, um, I, uh, also, like, this isn't on my list here that I wrote down, but I also did like, uh, Taz bringing back the FTW Championship and giving it to Brian Cage. Uh, I like when, uh, wrestlers make their own titles, and, uh, act like they're champions, but it's not like, a, you know, a sanctioned championship from the organization uh, and the company. Um, so this gives, a, a, you know, it gives a little bit more interest to Brian Cage. Um, hasn't really been on the mic. I would like to hear him more on the mic, but Taz has been doing a good job of selling Brian Cage and making him seem like a uh, huge, credible threat to John Mox's AEW Dynamite uh, or AEW Championship um, it'll be interesting to see. I think Mox will probably win, um, but yeah, I am looking forward to that. Switching over to the competition, though, for AEW Dynamite, let's start talking about NXT, uh, Great American Bash Night 2. Um, the very first match was Mia Yim versus Candice LeRae. I thought this was a great start to the show, it was a brutal hardcore street fight match, and uh, this is fresher, um, seeing women fight uh, like this and in, in this kind of style, more of a uh, barbaric type of match, and therefore it makes it more impactful to me. Um, and Mia and Candice are both really, really great, and their story's been told for you know uh, quite a bit of weeks now. Um, so it, it was a good uh, build and a good match, and uh, I just really, really enjoyed it. And then moving to another woman that was on NXT that uh, I had uh, a positive feeling about was Mercedes Martinez. I liked how oh uh, there was the graphic on the side for her where her name showed. Um, this happened during her entrance, and this uh, differentiates her. So being different, it's always good. Almost every single wrestler gets a uh, gets a graphic underneath them as they're walking to the ring, where it says, uh, you know, whatever their name is. Um, I know on SmackDown they do the side panel. Um, so that's kind of what this looked like for Mercedes Martinez, but everybody else on NXT, it's underneath them. Um... So this was, uh, this was good. I, I like uh, these kinds of presentations. It just makes the person seem a little bit more unique, and uh, that's what wrestling's about. It's about unique characters. And then, of course, we had the end of the show, the Adam Cole versus Keith Lee champion versus champion winner-take-all match, and I agree with the Keith Lee winning decision. I think this was the better decision, It renews his momentum. He needed something to help him get going a little bit more um, because he had a lot of momentum from Survivor Series to Royal Rumble and kind of just fizzled out. Um, Adam Cole is going to be fine. Now there's speculation about what is he going to do, what's the Undisputed Era going to do, because now none of them hold titles. Um, So it tells two different stories um, going out of this match, which is good. That's good writing. Um, and, of course, there was Karrion Cross and uh, Scarlett looking on Keith Lee um, to symbolize who the next challenger might be for Keith Lee. Uh, and it'll definitely be interesting to see what they do with Keith Lee with both titles, if he will relinquish one or if he will defend both. Um, so this, you know, great moment for Keith Lee, very well-deserved. And uh, a lot of intrigue coming out of this match with Keith Lee, Karrion Cross, and Adam Cole. So that's great storytelling on the behalf of NXT. Moving on to SmackDown, I did enjoy the Miz TV segment that started out the show with Jeff Hardy. Jeff Hardy is just so much better working with somebody and off of somebody to, um, uh, to do his promos. When it's just him out there by himself, uh, he does his like you know, off the wall, Jeff Hardy stuff. Um, whereas when he's talking to somebody else or somebody else is involved, um, he seems a little bit more normal and a little bit just his message just comes across better to me at least. Um, and Miz and Morrison are great. They were funny during the, during the segment, uh, making jokes, uh, about Jeff Hardy. So just overall, uh, these three were were good and, and uh, did their job the way they were supposed to. The next thing that I enjoyed on SmackDown was uh, Nikki Cross attacking Bailey during her entrance, which this legitimately surprised me. Um, I'm not necessarily sure why, because it fits Nikki's unpredictability, but I thought this was fun. I didn't expect it, and um, I was just like, oh, what the heck is going on here? So I did want to... Mentioned that, and uh, I'll talk more about Nikki when I uh, get to Raw. So I'll uh, move on from this and talk about some more women on SmackDown uh, that I really enjoyed, which was uh, the women's karaoke segment with uh, Lacey Evans, uh, Naomi, Dana Brooke, and Tamina. I really thought Lacey and Naomi, yeah, Lacey and Naomi were uh, pretty good. They started and ended. Um, I thought. Dana was funny. Tamina was, eh, you know. Um, But I really liked that they were singing uh, wrestlers theme songs. Um, And this was a unique way to get to an impromptu match between Lacey and Naomi, with Lacey being jealous that Naomi seemed to win um, by crowd reaction. I like that they were in casual attire for uh, the match, too. Uh, WWE has been doing this the last few weeks, where... Um, wrestlers will come out in just their, you know, regular casual attire and then a match happens, which for years and years and years, um, you could always kind of tell that something was going to happen. Uh, like with the Jeff Hardy, Miz and Morrison, uh, Miz and Morrison were in their ring gear. So, you know, it was clear that something probably was going to happen. Whereas usually if a wrestler comes out in their, uh casual attire nothing too spectacular happens maybe a little bit of physicality but uh certainly not a match um but wwe's been having matches uh with uh wrestlers not being in their wrestling gear and uh this this was a good way to continue the story with all four of these women as well it was an entertaining segment there was a brawl at the end of the match and now they can move forward um with whatever else they're going to do, but it's led me to have more investment. I'm assuming it's probably going to lead to more Lacey versus Naomi, which uh, I'm definitely up for. Um, But having Tamina and Dana doing something when they're usually not used all that much, uh, that's cool to see them on screen. And uh, something that I also noticed this week with another woman on the show but not a wrestler, was uh, Sarah Schreiber. Is it Schreiber or Schreiber? I'm not sure how to pronounce her last name, but the uh, the uh, backstage interviewer, she got to show a little bit of her personality this week on SmackDown. She was dancing with The New Day, she was too-sweeting AJ, and usually those backstage announcers, whether it's male or female, are kind of just like robotic, where you know they're just saying whatever the script says, and then uh, maybe giving a smile at the end and uh that's it it's not about them but i like when the uh when everybody on screen has some sort of personality um uh, because it's a television show you got to have defined characters so why not defined define backstage interview characters i think that's why renee young uh really got over with uh the wwe and the the fans because she showed a little bit of personality And it's like, oh, okay, that's what makes her unique. She's not just, you know, somebody holding a mic. And speaking of somebody holding a mic, there was someone on Raw at the start of the show this past week that was holding a mic that I did not expect to see, and that was Heath Slater. Um, As we all know, Heath Slater was released um, during the uh, COVID releases uh, in April. Was it? Yeah, in the middle of April. I believe it was April 15th, tax day. And um, he came out, and who knows if this was just like a one-time-per-appearance deal. Um, But he put on a great promo. Um, It was real. It was believable. He didn't stutter. There was no stammering. He really took the most of this opportunity. So if this was the last time we see Heath Slater... As a WWE superstar or a WWE talent, he really made the most of it, and uh, if it isn't, and he parlayed this into um, another run with the company, great for him. He really looked great. Yeah, he got uh, squashed by McIntyre quickly, but you know that's kind of what Heath Slater has been doing. When he made McIntyre look great, he did his job, and uh, hopefully, this is uh, gonna lead Heath to. Even more success, whether it's in WWE or somewhere else, because he certainly deserves it. I also like that the U.S. title got a new design change. Um, I thought this change should have been coming for a long time. It's the U.S. title had looked the same since it came over from WCW in like 2002 when they reinstated it in WWE. Um, and although I didn't really mind that design, just you know, a new updated look. Multiple titles had been updated. The WWE Championship had been updated uh, twice since that time, uh, maybe even three times of the Undisputed title. Three times since that time, you know. Of course, there's the WWE or the Universal title, which you know looks just about the same as the WWE title, just a different color. But the Intercontinental Championship changed. It was that oval, then it went to the classic look, and then. Now it's to a, uh, well, it's to an oval again, I guess. But it's uh, an oval standing up, not on its side like the old one was. Which I have uh, good memories of the old oval Intercontinental Championship. Uh, a lot of people I know like the classic title, but because uh, I grew up watching in the Attitude Era, and that's where a lot of my nostalgic wrestling memories are from. Uh, I always just picture that Oval um, Intercontinental Championship. Um, so I think it was a, a good idea to, to change the titles here, the tag titles, have change designs a couple of different times. So, you know, it was just, you know, a, a time for a change. Enough is enough, and it's time for a change, as a great man once said. Um, Kyrie, of course, uh, playing the Kabuki Warriors theme song. Uh, I always enjoy, so I like to give her her uh, her credit um, where credit is due. There, uh, so because it's pretty cool. Like, you know, she's just learning themes in her free time, and that's uh, that's you know good for her, making her character a little bit more uh, valuable. I uh, also enjoyed Randy. I enjoyed Randy Orton scolding Angel Garza in the middle of the tag match. He was telling him to get his head in the match, basically, and to do what he says, and uh, Randy has just been great, he's been awesome, um, this past, this whole year, essentially, since Royal Rumble, um, Randy has been really been on fire, um, probably the best performer in the company since Royal Rumble, um, and that includes NXT, um, SmackDown, Maybe even in you know on TV and on uh, when you compare him to people on AEW, I can't think of anybody off the top of my head right now that's been better than Randy and who's got me more invested than Randy has, especially with this new uh, renaissance of the Legend Killer character. Um, so Randy has been really doing great, and uh, as I mentioned earlier, Nikki Cross, she has been doing great too, and she showed up on Raw. She must be using uh, one of her invites to Raw. She was very funny on commentary, um, and then you know, of course, this led to uh, to to more with Sasha and Bailey, who have been on every single show, and I think they've been doing uh, pretty well as well. Um, but overall, with Raw, uh, they had another couple of these impromptu matches. Um, that were more realistic with, uh, the, the people in non-wrestling attire, like, uh, MVP was in dress clothes for his match, and, uh, Drew McIntyre and Heath Slater, they were both in their casual clothes for their match, uh, it just brings something new, uh, to the fold, and, uh, new and unique is always good in wrestling. Really, the formatting, um, on Raw was pretty solid, like, especially with the backstage stories flowing from one to another. Um, This happened a couple of times. Uh, There was Ruby Riot and the Iconics, and then it moved to Cedric Alexander and MVP, and uh, there was also Randy Orton and Ric Flair, and that moved to our truth and Tozawa. Just really good um, production um, and uh, a way of formatting the show to keep it fresh and to keep it uh upbeat and uh positive. But uh now we can move on to our not so positive moments in this week of wrestling in our next segment which is called the Drew count. Has he got the fingers locked? No, he got out. I can't believe him. Nobody's ever kicked out of that. This Drew count segment is about the Moments that I found to complain about and didn't necessarily like uh, in this week in wrestling. And we'll continue talking about Raw because I just left off there on the last segment. Um, And uh, let's start with um, something overarching in WWE, which is WWE not being able to decide on what the heck their pay-per-view is for (laughs) Extreme Rules. Because, you know, first it was just Extreme Rules. Then it was Extreme Rules Horror Show. Then, this week on Raw, they're announcing that it's the horror show at Extreme Rules. Let's Make up your mind and, uh, you know, figure out what you want it to be called so you can brand it properly and advertise it proper- properly. But uh, I just thought that was really, really weird and, you know, pretty typical of WWE to just change on the fly the way they wanted, but, um, I wonder how that worked with, like, the taping schedules, because these shows aren't live, so it's like, did Vince just change his mind in the middle of a taping schedule, and, like, oh, now we gotta, let's switch it and call it the horror show at Extreme Rules, I don't know, I don't know, it's just weird, um, I also thought it was weird, because WWE is now trying to look socially conscious, um, by having their audience members wear masks um, because of all the COVID uh, outbreaks in WWE. And on Raw, the first person we see is, you know, one of those performance center um, members. And this person was wearing a mask, but wasn't wearing it properly. The mask was below his nose, which is not how you wear mask. So, you know, maybe the first person on screen, if you're trying to look socially conscious, it should not be somebody who's wearing their mask improperly. Yeah, that's just me. Um, Although I liked the change with the U.S. title uh, having a new design revealed, I'm not sure why MVP and Lashley did it. They are not the champions and it just kind of felt like wwe wanted to show the new title um to just show it instead of there being some sort of ceremony with apollo and uh making it even bigger of a deal apollo wasn't even on the show so i'm not really sure what happened there maybe they just had the design ready and they're like oh let's uh, reveal it now i mean that could be what happened i not really sure. The design itself, I think it's all right. Um, I do think the one design from that Reddit user who changed it a little bit, uh, I like that design a little bit better, but I don't dislike this design that WWE came up with. Um, It looked a little weird with the lighting, Um, but then when I saw the pictures online of it and I saw that there was an eagle on it. I was like, oh, okay. So that's what it was supposed to be. It was just like the way the, the lighting was hitting it and the production uh, of shooting the title when it was revealed that just made it look weird. Um, so it really doesn't look all that terrible. Um, I'm not going to really complain too much about that. Um, I am going to complain about the Viking Raiders becoming a comedy act, though. Um, they're still doing a bit of joking, which, you know, was fun at first with the Street Profits, and it shows their range, but now they should be going back to dominating, and um, it's, uh, uh, they are, you know, this big, monstrous, scary team, and um, it's great that they have range to show that they are uh, comedians, and yeah, in the ring for the most part, they are still that uh brutal tag team. Um I just think it should be at this point the Viking Raiders should be building their credibility back up as a legitimate threat um as a tag team. And then we have the uh coup de grace of uh Raw which was the announcement of the eye for eye match uh from Rey Mysterio to Seth Rollins. Um, yeah, uh, so the description of this match, I was a little confused. Like, when Ray said, like, this is going to be an eye for an eye match, and I'm going to rip out your eye to win the match, I just thought, like, that <laughs> he was saying it to be dramatic. Um, and they were just going to, like, figure something else out. But, uh, let me go <laughs> to the pictures here. I'm going to post this on the Instagram, on the Instagram for this, uh, podcast and it literally says this is from wwe.com says the horror show at extreme rules added a new level of terror as ray mysterio and seth rollins will meet in an eye for an eye match mysterio teamed with kevin owens to defeat rollins and murphy for the right to choose the gory stipulation where a winner can only can only be determined by extracting the opponent's eye Which is, there's typo in this, it says the gory stipulation where a winner can only be determined by, they missed out B, so that's why I was kind of stumbling over. So, (laughs) this is saying, the winner can only be determined by extracting the opponent's eye. What? What is this, the 80s, like, death matches? This is crazy. How are they going to do this? I have no idea. Um, (laughs) luckily, these shows can be taped, so I think they can do some sort of production to make it look real, but that's very disturbing. Like, I do not want to see a guy's eye popped out of the match or pulled out. Um, yeah, I I really don't know what else to say for this. It's just, you know, really, really bizarre. (laughs) I don't know. I don't know. I think uh, this was... uh,
1: (laughs) I think this was the worst
0: moment (laughs) in wrestling this week was the eye-for-an-eye match reveal. I mean, the reveal wasn't bad at all. I just thought they were being dramatic, and then with the posting, like, no, you literally have to take a a guy's eye out to win the match. That's where they're losing me. Um... It's certainly intriguing, and they'll have me wanting to watch the match and see what happens, but, um, yeah, it's just disgusting. Uh, I'm getting a little sick thinking about it, so let's... I'm kind of squeamish with that stuff. I don't like that. I don't really like needles. I don't really like blood, but watching wrestling and seeing people's blood, it doesn't bother me. Uh... I mean, I was there live when um, there was SummerSlam at the Barclays Center and uh, Brock Lesnar cut open Randy Orton's forehead um, in the main event of SummerSlam and you just saw Randy's head like pouring blood. Wow. I will never forget that. That was crazy. Like that didn't make me squeamish or anything. That was just like, whoa, what is going on here? That was certainly intriguing. Uh and uh <laughs> maybe that's what uh WWE is going for with this eye for an eye match. Uh but let's move on. Let's talk about SmackDown. And and we'll get to the Wednesday Night War later. Um I uh you know, I don't I'm not a big fan of fillers and uh this Braun Strowman Bray Wyatt match replay from Money in the Bank. Uh that's exactly what it was. It was filler. Uh, you know, I saw the match a couple of months ago, I didn't have any interest in seeing the match again, and even if I did, I have the WWE Network, I could go and watch it there. Um, so, you know, this isn't really for me. I understand it's trying to entice people to buy the network, but for people who already have the network, it's like, I can see this match anytime, and I didn't have any interest in seeing the match. Um... Side note, uh, last night, I went back and watched uh, Great American Bash 2004. I watched the last two matches with the Texas Bull Rope match and then the match with Undertaker and the Dudley Boys where uh, Paul Bearer gets buried in cement. And uh, I just, I don't know, I got a wild hair. I'm like, I want to watch this. like So if I had wanted to watch this Bray Wyatt and Braun Strowman match, I could have went to the WWE network and done that. But uh, you know, I didn't want to re-watch it. I didn't really wanna rewatch it on SmackDown. So just a lot of filler. Um, lots of filler, and I'm not a fan of filler, especially when this is a netler network television show. I can understand like maybe on NXT or even Raw, but like this is on Fox, network television, and uh, maybe it is that I have it wrong that uh, this is leading to people buying the WWE Network. And so they're trying to showcase what you can get on the network. But, uh, yeah, I don't know. I, I, I like uh, these matches being special for the network. Because it makes me feel special. Like, oh, I have the network. Um, I'm not just going to see it in a couple of months on, on free TV. Uh, so I, I feel like if you had people buy something... Um, unless there's extenuating circumstances, don't show it on free TV. But, you know, that's just me. Um, really, the thing I had to complain about from SmackDown was the main event tag title match. It was Cesaro and Shinsei Nakamura versus The New Day. Very, very bad way to end the show. Really super confusing. Just, like, left me questioning why did this match end? But yeah, why, why did this tag title match end um they said like Corey Graves, i believe said that there was a disqualification but like crazier stuff happens in tag matches all the time uh like it's pretty typical for the four four competitors to be in the ring at the same times like and the five count to like not really matter whatsoever um so I really found this to be really bizarre, really off-putting, and a really bad way to end the show. Because even me, I, I was just like, well, why, why did this match end? It's not like there was no weapon used. There was no count-out. The Like, they were just fighting in the middle of the ring, and then the bell rang. The ref rang, It called for the bell. I don't know. Really weird, really bizarre. Um... I am just not sure. Not a fan of that. Not a fan at all. Especially when it's the end of your show. Um, it's not even like it was a like a good cliffhanger. So if the point of it was to be a cliffhanger, it wasn't a good one. Because we saw Cesaro and Shinsuke Nakamura beat up The New Day after. Um, maybe if they had cut right after them, the show would have gotten people talking and... Um, People would have been online saying, like, you know, what happened? The bell just rang. The match was over. Who won the match? Um, but this was just, like, the match randomly ended. <laughs> like, it seemed like it was live, and the they ran out of time, so they just rang the bell. But we know these episodes are taped. So, like, why did this happen? It's very bizarre. Let's go to NXT and the uh, Great American Bash Night 2. Now, this show had a bit of filler as well. Um, There was the double title match prediction videos, which I just don't care about with people um, having uh, predicting who they were going to win or who was going to win the match. You know, like, I don't care. I don't care what any of these people say. I don't care if they're legends. I don't care if they're Mick Foley. I don't care if they're somebody on the street. I don't care if it's Vince McMahon. I don't care what other people are predicting who's going to win this match like on the show. I just don't, it's just a filler. Um, there was the match hype videos for Cameron Grimes and the Damian Priest, um, match coming up next week. And of course the Tegan Knox and Io Shirai match next week as well on NXT. And, uh, I don't know, I'd like to hear other people's thoughts on uh, what they think of these, um, uh, what do they call it, prime target um, type of style uh, um, promos that lead, that uh, tell a story for a match in the next week. Um, I don't really like them. Uh, To me, they don't really add much. Um, I'd rather just see a regular in-ring promo or... um, some sort of video package that adds more to the story instead of just uh, these these videos that are, are more of just like a recap of what happened i don't need a recap i saw what happened give me what is uh, new give me more building blocks for the story because the, the deeper the story the more invested i'm going to be in the match and the more i'm going to want to watch the match which is what you're supposed to be doing and promoting and You want to advertise uh, to get me to want to watch the match. So I felt that NXT fell short there. Uh, There was a a little bit of a filler. And um, really, NXT to me was a a two-moment show. There was the the first match with Mia Yim and Candice Array And then the last match with uh, Keith Lee versus Adam Cole. And everything... In the middle was kind of just, you know, there. Um, So it was a good beginning, good ending. The middle, eh, not so much. Um, So let's talk about uh, Fighter Fest, the uh, competition for the Wednesday Night Wars with AEW Dynamite. Um, I was very confused on the Lance Archer-Joey Janela match. Uh, There was weapons used in this and a table used. Joey got put through a table but this match wasn't no DQ, was it? Did I miss the announcement that it was no disqualification? I'm just, uh, I don't know. I'm not really sure. And I, I looked, I had to go back and like look on Twitter and I looked on Tony Khan's Twitter. Cause you know, he'll promote the shows with the matches and nowhere on the graphic for the match. Did it say no disqualification? So like This is a problem in AEW is the refereeing is, and the rules are, I mean, the rules, the rules in refereeing in WWE are inconsistent, but the, these, the referees and rules in AEW are inconsistent in conjunction with just wrestling rules in general. Like you can't just you hit somebody with a chair, put somebody through a table, and it not be a disqualification. It's just weird. Uh and then and more on the same same issue there is the the tag matches. I've talked about this multiple times on this podcast. The tag matches are way too confusing on AEW. Maybe that's because I'm conditioned to watching uh WWE style tag matches where there's some sort of a semblance of structure. Um But it's just it's too too confusing like sometimes the the refs don't even know who's legal and like they're counting pins that for people who aren't legal i don't it just doesn't doesn't sit well with me even the competitors in the match a couple of different times on aew dynamite um the competitors are confused who's legal It's like if the competitors who are in the match don't even know who's legal and one guy's trying to pin another, and then it's like, oh, no, 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 you got to get off this guy's legal. Like, that doesn't look good. It looks like it's just, like, haphazardly put together and that there's no structure whatsoever. Um, And then the the final thing I want to talk about that I didn't necessarily like was the uh, Nyla Rose squash match. Now, even though I talked about liking her promo after the match um, in What Drew Money and something positive that I liked, I don't understand why there was a squash match on what was supposed to be a TV special. So this was basically supposed to be a pay-per-view. And uh, usually there are not squash matches on pay-per-view. There's usually not enhancement talent on uh, pay-per-views, so... If you're treating Fighter Fest like a pay-per-view, like you're trying to promote it as, um, format it that way as well. So there should not be squash matches. Um, I just thought it was weird. It it was just a means to an end, I guess, to get a mic in Nyla Rose's hands. But you could have just had her do an interview or or something like that to uh, announce that she was that she's going to get a manager you didn't necessarily need this match Uh, i thought that was a little bit of a waste but i'm gonna stop wasting my time on negatives and i will uh talk about my overall rating and impression of the shows this week in wrestling with the redrew segment In this Redrew segment, I give my overall ratings and impressions of these shows in this week of wrestling, but uh, I do it in my own special way. I don't do a number rating, a letter grade rating, um, a star rating, nothing like that. I, uh, uh, I give my own uh, rating, and, uh, well, you'll see in a minute here. Uh, let's talk about SmackDown. Um, SmackDown had some... Uh, dark spots, but I had some fun spots. I didn't necessarily mind it, and so I'm giving Smackdown the rating this past week of polka dots, because that's what it was. It's polka dot print. There are some dark spots, some fun, some fun spots. Overall, fine. Just fine. It was overall just fine. I didn't mind it whatsoever. Um, let's talk about the Wednesday Night Wars, and let's go to AEW Dynamite. Uh, With Fighter Fest Night Two, um, I was really not impressed by Night Two of Fighter Fest. This was supposed to be a more special um, TV show or a more special episode of AEW Dynamite, and it just did not feel like that. It Was not very engaging to me, and so I'm giving AEW Dynamite the rating of Michaela Maroney. Which, if you remember Michaela Maroney from uh, the 2012 Olympics, uh, she was uh, on the Fab Five uh, gymnastics team for the United States. Uh, I believe in one of her singles competitions, solo competitions. I'm not really sure what they call them in gymnastics. Uh, I'm not a gymnastics uh, expert but, uh, I believe she got silver and then she did, uh, this face on the podium and that became a viral sensation, uh, known as Michaela Maroney is not impressed. And, uh, so that's what, uh, AEW Dynamite was with, uh, Fighter Fest night two. I mean, overall Fighter Fest was very, not very impressive. Um, But uh, NXT was impressive, and I'm giving NXT the rating of a clean sweep because Great American Bash was better than Fighter Fest both nights. Um, So a clean sweep for NXT. I really enjoyed uh, NXT better, uh, even though I watch AEW Live and then I uh, watch uh, NXT on DVR after. Um, I just thought just overall better show was uh nxt and great american bash the past two weeks um but hopefully aew can redeem themselves because they have fight for the fallen this week and uh you know another pay-per-view type of tv special on free uh television on tnt for aew whereas nxt is doing something unopposed um it's just going to be nxt tv it's not a special pay-per-view-esque, uh, TV special on the USA Network. Um, so hopefully AEW can gain back that momentum. But, uh, when you're talking about momentum, boy, Monday Night Raw has a lot of momentum. Um, I'm giving Raw the rating this week of a winning streak because they continue, uh, Raw continues to, um, accomplish their goals. Uh, you know, there's, Uh, it's been a a good amount of shows in a row. Um, Of course, you know, hiccups happen. Uh, Everything's not always totally positive. There are things to complain about, but Raw has been accomplishing their goals of furthering storylines and building towards pay-per-views, and they have been really, really good shows um, for the most part for the last at least month that I can remember. Um, And, uh, and Raw is really on this this hot streak, on this winning streak. Um, and they're just doing a really, really great job on Raw to build to extreme rules. And uh, while we're on the topic of extreme rules, we might as well preview that pay-per-view coming up on Sunday, July 19th. So let's get to talking about extreme rules in the What You Gonna Drew Brother segment. In the What You're Gonna Drew Brothers segment, I preview um, the pay-per-views that are coming up. And uh, this week we have, uh, I almost said WCW. That's what I thought in my head to say, WCW. No, we have WWE uh, Extreme Rules. I must still have Great American Bash on my mind because that was a WCW pay-per-view. But yes, it is Extreme Rules. Well, it's actually... uh, the horror show at extreme rules or no, wait, maybe it's extreme rules, horror show. I think we talked about this before. Um, so the, the horror show at extreme rules, which is what it's called right now. It might change, uh, by the time you're listening to this with, uh, raw or, or Smackdown changing the name of it again this week. But for right now, it is the horror show extreme rules. And, uh, Uh, as of right now, there are six matches that are announced. Um, maybe there'll be another one or two that are added, but, uh, let's go through this lineup here. There is the singles match for the WWE United States Championship match with Apollo Cruz, who's the champion defending against MVP. Now, MVP, uh, revealed the new United States Championship design, so uh he has that united states championship it'll be interesting to see if apollo cruz comes out with uh the old title design maybe he will maybe he won't um but on the graphic it's still got the old title design so maybe they'll do something on raw this week where cruz gets the new title design hopefully they will or maybe they're just going to hold off until uh uh, extreme rules here and uh, when Apollo Cruz beats MVP, um, Apollo Cruz will get the new title design. Although I would be interested in seeing MVP win um, and having a, another run with the US title, I think it would be fun to see him as the champion, as a manager to Bobby Lashley. Like he's supposed to be this mouthpiece for Bobby Lashley and not really be an active competitor but he'll be holding a title. So it'll be like a weird, like, you know, what's wrong with this pitcher? The manager is the champion and <laughs> the, uh, the, uh, the client, I don't know. The, the, the client is, uh, not, um, it'd be like, uh, it'd, it'd be like if Paul Heyman was the champion and not Brock Lesnar. Um, I do think Apollo is going to retain most likely, uh, I'm not super excited for this match whatsoever. Um, I'm really just ex- the most excited to see, like, what happens with the United States Championship, uh, if, uh, you know, MVP keeps the new title design by winning, or if, uh, Apollo gets the new title design. So I don't really care who wins either way. Probably be a fine match, but, uh, it'll certainly be interesting. Um next match, what do we want to talk about? Uh, we'll go with the, uh, Raw Women's Championship match, which is Asuka defending against Sasha Banks. This one is quite intriguing to me, actually. Um, I can see it going either way. I really like as champion, but I do think Sasha winning could bring uh some even more some newer interest even more to the uh golden role models is that what they're calling themselves now sasha and bailey the boss hug connection formerly known as um because bailey is the smackdown women's champion and if sasha and bailey are both champions uh they're uh double champions uh, you know, they'd be even more obnoxious and, uh, annoying, and I've really enjoyed their shtick that they have been doing and the character building that they've been doing, um, especially with Bailey, really seems like she's finding her own as a, uh, bad guy character, or I guess bad girl character, bad woman character, um, but, uh, you know, Asuka winning, that wouldn't surprise me either, Asuka, you know, really just got the title, um, so her winning would not be surprising, and uh, I'm very interested in seeing what happens with this Asuka versus Sasha Banks match. And if there's going to be any, any sort of interference with, you know, Kyrie Sane and Bayley and uh, the way the matches will be structured. Because Bayley is also defending her title, uh, the SmackDown Women's Championship, against Nikki Cross uh, at uh, Extreme Rules. Um, I'm pretty sure Bayley is going to retain. Although I've really liked what Nikki Cross has been doing. So if she does win, that would be a big surprise. And I would I, I, I would really enjoy if Nikki Cross did win the title. Um, because she's just such a wacky character. Um, and she's really uh, done a lot of great work recently as well. Uh, I never really liked Nikki Cross until, I don't know, maybe this year. Um, just being kooky and showing her personality and being funny. Um, being that you know, unpredictable kind of character has really been working for her. Um, so I would suspect that Bailey retains, um, and that impacting Sasha Banks versus As- Asuka, uh, has, uh, really interesting implications to see, you know, what happens, uh, you know, with both of those matches. Well, maybe Sasha wins her title and then, uh, bailey loses hers to nikki cross because really that's what the long-term story is going on here is definitely sasha and bailey and when is their breakup gonna happen who's gonna turn on who uh when are they gonna have their blow-off match and i think continuing to tell this story throughout the year uh, and i think i've mentioned this previously like maybe make this last until wrestlemania and we can finally have that great Sasha Banks versus Bayley feud that a lot of us have been hoping for, Uh, especially me, because the Sasha Banks-Bayley match at NXT TakeOver Brooklyn, where I was at live, is in the top two matches that I have seen live. Um, It was, you know, I'll never forget that moment and the way that match made me feel in the live crowd and it was just incredible. Um yeah, uh, the it was just man, man, it, it was a great match. Uh, the the in my opinion the best women's match that has ever happened in WWE um and in wrestling to me, but you know, I'm biased towards WWE and watching WWE cuz I've been watching it my whole life. So uh finally getting this sasha versus bailey storyline and doing it right where you know they're teasing breakups uh, you know almost every single week where there's like a little bit of dissension but they you know keep telling everybody that they're sticking together and you know just planting a lot of seeds every single week slowly building and uh Slow build storylines are some of the best stories that you can ever think of in wrestling. I like think of um, the Mega Powers. That was a year long story where Hulk Hogan and Macho Man were friends. Uh, Macho Man Randy Savage won the title, won the WWE Championship at WrestleMania 4 in the main event in a tournament. Hulk Hogan comes and celebrates with him. And, you know, Hogan, um, I believe, hugged Elizabeth. Uh, miss elizabeth and then hogan and macho man join teams and then eventually randy gets jealous and uh, you know freaks out about hogan's possible relationship with miss elizabeth and that leads them to wrestlemania 5 a so whole year storyline or even like once in a lifetime with the rock and john cena match at the wrestlemania 28 which you know we know ends up not being once in a lifetime it ends up uh, being twice in a lifetime with their WrestleMania 29 match, um, that, that was a whole year build, um, so, so doing this, there, it's a slow burn, but I think it's going to be really, really worth it, um, so I'll, I'll, I'm assuming Bailey's going to win her title, I really don't know with Asuka Sasha, uh, if Sasha won, Usually I would say I don't like that, because I really don't like Sasha Banks, but I think the story they are telling with Sasha and Bayley is so good that Sasha winning the title uh, brings a lot more to the storyline, but it could really go just so many ways, and that's why I'm really invested in this story, is, you know, Sasha could win her title, and Bayley could retain, and they could be double champions for a while until one of them loses their title, and then dissension starts, or they lose their tag titles, and dissension starts or, you know, uh, one of them loses their title match. This, this pay-per-view at Extreme Rules and, uh, that starts to lead to dissension. You know, there's a whole bunch of ways that this story can go and I am all for, uh, watching what happens. Um, the next match we'll talk about is the WWE Championship match, which is Drew McIntyre versus Dolph Ziggler. The match stipulation for this has not been named yet. Dolph Ziggler has the power to do that. I'm sure he will do that on Raw this week. Um, I don't think that really matters. Dolph Ziggler, as we know, doesn't really win a lot. He's just uh, filling a spot, I think, right now for whoever McIntyre is going to face at SummerSlam. And so this is just uh, ends to a mean to get the McIntyre a title win. Uh, I'm sure the match will be good, because uh, both of them are great, um, but yeah, I, you know, I don't see Drew losing the title here, um, so not much to talk about there. Um, there is the uh, aforementioned Ray Mysterio versus Seth Rollins eye-for-an-eye eye match, which I talked a little bit about before in the uh, Drew Count segment. This one, you know, they're both great in the ring. I'm sure it'll be a good match. It'll just be bizarre slash interesting slash super intriguing to see how they pull off the uh, end of this match where one man must extract the eye of his opponent. Um... Yeah, uh, I don't know, you know. I'm sure there's a lot more could be said about that, but I just don't know what to say. It's such a wild scenario. Um, and uh, I just had a thought AEW sort of did something uh, like this earlier on in the year when it was uh, Jon Moxley versus Santana, uh, where they're both wearing eye patches. Right? I think that's what happened. Like an eye for an eye match. Um, Because Mox's eye had been uh, poked by Chris Jericho and uh, his uh, spike on his uh, jacket in their feud. And then uh, Mox uh, uh, got revenge by uh, poking Santana's eye uh, with with the car keys. That uh, Mox sort of stole from uh, the inner circle. So there was an eye for an eye match. But I didn't really consider that an eye for an eye match um, necessarily. I just thought that was a match with two guys with uh, eye patches on. Um, This is more of like a stipulation. Like eye for an eye, uh, the match ends when one guy pulls out the other guy's eye. Uh, like it's Vader back in Japan um I don't know, man, this is gonna be I don't know i I really don't know maybe this will be a more cinematic match. <laughs> uh, it'll certainly be interesting to see what the end result is um how like how do you even do this end of match like Ray already has one eye Well, yeah, he already has you know one eye in the storyline, so. What, what are we gonna have Rollins have one eye or you know, both of them with one eye? or gonna have Ray lose both his eyes? Um, maybe this is a way to write Ray off of TV because apparently his contract has expired with WWE. so maybe it's, you know, Ray <laughs> Ray disappears from TV for a while uh, because his contract expires and because he can't see. Because he has no eyes, apparently. Um, yeah. Very, very weird. Because, uh, you know, Rollins losing. He's a, uh, he's a main attraction of Raw. So him losing, although him coming out with an eye patch as the Monday Night Messiah, would be pretty funny and pretty cool. Just imagine what he would say as a bad guy. Um, it'll just give him more fuel uh, (laughs) to add on to the fire and to talk about stuff and to talk about sacrifices and how he made it, you know, he sacrificed his eye for the greater good and do all that. Um, so that's definitely, uh, an interesting matchup that I'm, uh, uh, just very, uh, I don't even know, nervous, excited, anxious to see what the ending of that match is. And then there is the, Wyatt Swamp Fight, which is Braun Strowman versus Bray Wyatt. Um, I'm not sure if this is for the Universal Championship or not. Um, on the Wikipedia page that I'm on right now, it doesn't say it's for the. Uh, it doesn't say it's for the uh, Universal Championship, which to me leads me to believe that Braun Strowman is going to win. Well, maybe not. Maybe this is. Maybe Bray Wyatt will win because the title isn't on the line. Um, But I'm suspecting it to be bizarre. I am expecting it to be a cinematic match, which I think every single pay-per-view from here on out, at least during this COVID era, should have one cinematic match. And that's WWE has been following that. Um, And so I'm guessing Bray will... Or not Bray. I'm guessing Braun will win. And then... This will lead Bray to come out as the fiend, um, sometime in the near future, and challenge Braun for the Universal Title at SummerSlam. So I think this is just a uh, nice little uh, um, what I don't you know exit ramp or uh, a nice little detour to what's ultimately going to be the fiend versus braun Strowman, and then everybody questioning like okay what are we going to do here are they going to have braun lose uh, are we going to have the fiend win are you going to or oh, uh, sorry are we going to have braun win or are we going to have the fiend win because the fiend is interesting um the fiend is such a character that it's like he's supposed to be unstoppable of course we've seen him lose um but it's just weird when he loses, you know, it feels weird, because he's supposed to be this just, like, unstoppable monster who just doesn't feel pain, um, so it's odd when he loses matches, um, but, uh, I'm definitely interested in this Wyatt Swamp fight, um, and I'm definitely excited to watch the horror show at Extreme Rules this week, um, hopefully it'll be pretty good, um, with the list of matches here, I, I am interested in watching almost every single match. So that is definitely good. WWE's done a good job of uh, building to the pay per view, um, and uh, hopefully it'll be uh, be a be a solid showing for uh, WWE. And I'll cover the results of Extreme Rules in the next DWO podcast. Uh, if you want to reach out to me, um, to send me any sort of, uh, feedback. You can do that, uh, on Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter at DWOPod. You can do that through Gmail as well, which is also Pod at gmail.com. Um, send in your thoughts, send in any ideas or, uh, any, uh, Topics you want to discuss that maybe I missed or you just want to add on to what I was saying. Um, Or if you have uh, counter viewpoints, go ahead and do that as well. Um, Give me a like, a follow, subscribe to the show, share the show, retweet the show, uh, send in a comment, leave a review, send an email um, to interact with the show more. If you want to further support the show... You can click on the support link in uh, on the uh, uh, Perfect Catch Podcast SoundCloud page or on the DWO Anchor page. Um, uh, this has been a pretty good week in wrestling. Um, as I said earlier, hopefully you are taking care of yourself. You're washing your hands. You're wearing your mask. You're social distancing. Um, I hope you are enjoying uh the the entertainment that wrestling has been giving us during this coronavirus uh era i guess is what we're going to be calling it and uh i am going to uh end the podcast here uh send in any uh feedback that you would like i really do want to make this an interactive experience and uh i'm gonna go and enjoy the rest of the day and i hope your listening experience was drew sweet